Welcome to Dogsthorpe Infant School Launchpad. Stand by for action. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Okay, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Stand by for action. Welcome back to Launchpad, folks. It's lovely to have you with us. Thank you for joining us. Now, this is a very special episode in all sorts of ways. It's Safer Internet Day today, and all you parents out there, I hope you're fully aware of what your child is watching online. It's all very important to keep aware of that because we all know of the problems that are out there, and we'll be discussing that a little bit later on. It's also special because it's the first of one of our monthly episodes of Eddie's Launchpads, because we have got Sue Atkins with us, and she's here to help all you parents. And we're going to take, each month, we'll take a particular subject, and we'll discuss it. It'll be appertaining to the things, the issues that are around at Dogstorp Infant School, and further afield out there in Cambridgeshire. So be sure to listen to these Family Matters special episodes because that's very important but it's lovely to welcome sue atkins welcome to the show sue thank you for inviting me great to be here i'd like first of all to talk about one particular issue that's appertaining to some of our children at school and uh, it's happened recently and uh, we would i'm not going to mention any names folks don't worry parents if you're listening i'm not going to mention any names or any subject but it, the subject will be very general one of the issues that we have is when a relationship breaks down with one of our parents or carers and the children, they've got children at home, this affects the children's learning in school because they're aware that mummy, daddy or whoever it is, is um, they're breaking up and they're, they're not going to see them. And then that has an impact with learning. So what could you advise uh, our parents and our teachers who are listening on this very important subject? Yes, it is an important subject and it happens to lots and lots of families. There's nothing to be ashamed about or embarrassed about. But the key thing, I think, the messaging that needs to come through to, from parents to the kids is that they are not to blame. Often children blame themselves. What have they done wrong? Have they jumped in and out of your bed in the middle of the night? Did they not get good grades? Their spelling test, you know, upset you. And that's not a good message that they need to have because it's got nothing at all to do with the children. So one of the key messages is to reassure them that they're not to blame. Another simple thing that you can do as a parent, because you are at sixes and sevens, probably absolutely beside yourself with worry and concern about what happens next. How can I afford that? Where will we live? What will come next? Is to draw a circle and put some spokes into it, like a bicycle, and then write down, just for yourself, quietly with a cup of coffee, you know, when the kids are in bed, what stays the same or what guarantees can you give them because there are lots of things you really can't you don't want to break break their trust by promising them something that you can't deliver or things change so quickly when you're you know going through a divorce or a separation so write down the things that stay the same like you'll still see um your friend you know yasmin on thursday you still go and 
play, um, you know, with your sister's friend over there in the park on Fridays. I don't know. Whatever it is that you do that you can guarantee that you will keep the same, that you'll stay in the same house or you'll sleep in the same bed or whatever it might be. That gives reassurance. It doesn't break trust because if you promise too much and you start, you know, not delivering on those promises then the children start to sort of not trust you and don't believe you. And one of the other key messages I want to get across is look after yourself first. Now, that sounds selfish, but it's not selfish. It's self-care. And when you're going through any major change, you know, you're worried about money or you've been bereaved or you've been made redundant or you're going through divorce, um, there are uncertainties. So you get worried and anxious, but actually it's the same principle as when you're on an aeroplane, you put the, the mask on your own face first, not because you're selfish. You need to do that so you can take care of the kids. So the mentality is exactly the same. Remember self-care, get a bit of me time, get away perhaps from the children for a couple of hours somewhere, Put you know, let someone come and look after them or they go and play at a friend's house. And you do something that nurtures yourself, that helps you, because you will be making very important decisions, lots of them. And you don't want to get overwhelmed and make some bad ones. So you want to take your time. And that is really, really important. And then talk with your children, answer their questions. Don't overwhelm them. The other thing is, if they're slightly older, don't tell them too much adult stuff that they don't really need to know about because it's not the right place to be talking. Go and talk to a friend or get some help um, around yourself, but don't confide in them, but do talk with them so they understand what's going on. Now, I remember when I was teaching, I had a whole year um, group of, they were eight years old, it was year four, and there was about five children going through a divorce at that time between the two classes and so we set up some things to support them and you know a few years later that's when I wrote the divorce journal for kids which is my way of helping children express explore and talk with perhaps you know a dad their dad or their mum or their grandma or their teacher around some of the things and it's a very positive journal it's got lots of positive stuff around you know looking at pictures of you know this is us as a family this is what's going to change it's not going to stay the same this was funny when understanding that change happens to us all throughout our lives as well so you know this is me a picture of when I was a baby then I was a toddler now look at me I can do these things so they understand that life changes but it doesn't always have to be awful and in fact for some children divorce and separation is one of the best things that can happen to them because they're living through you know um, alcohol dependency or drugs or violence or shouting or any of those things that can damage a child's confidence self-esteem and well-being so they can't learn if you if you're not sort of happy you can't really learn and relax so one of the key things then is to be able to talk with them reassure them and then support them and things will change when you are going through the divorce perhaps they're not so interested in their homework but you still show a an interest in keeping that side of it going and one of the key things also keep your routines the same go to bed at the same time eat your dinner at the same time still keep your discipline the same just because you feel a bit guilty or anxious don't let it all slip and slide in fact children thrive on those firm fair and consistent boundaries so i hope that answers your question absolutely yeah um the one of the problems that that we have 
with particularly working with younger children and what we've noticed at Dogsthorpe Infants is that it's because they're so small, particularly with our four-year-olds and our five-year-olds, sometimes it's very easy to have a conversation and they're soaking it in. But as adults, we're having this very adult conversation, not a rude conversation, but we're, yeah. we're, getting, we're chewing the fat and we're trying to sort things through. But the, the child is, is there listening in and he's soaking all this in. And, and perhaps, you know, parents and carers that are going through relationship problems, it's, it, be aware, folks, that if the child is still listening. You may not oh, think they are, yeah. even if they're playing with their toys. We all know this, don't we, Sue? Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, people are, well, they don't understand. They're only four. Or they don't understand. They're just playing with their toys. They don't get it. They won't hear. But it's the same principle. You know, when you walk into a, a room, you think, oh, God, someone's had a row in here. And you don't know who it, you know, why mm. you feel mm. that. But you can cut the atmosphere with a knife. So it's that sort of thing. They will pick up. They may not understand completely, but that's when they could get the wrong end of the stick. So, you know, they will pick up vibes and atmospheres from you, and you think they don't notice, but they do. They're looking, learning, listening to you all the time. So, you know, that's life. But on the other hand, be mindful of that so that they don't pick up the wrong messaging or misunderstand or get anxious about something that is above their head that they don't quite have a grip on. Mm. The the other thing that and this this happened to me from somebody that I I know personally not connected with the school but in my own personal life that um, they're just going through a marriage breakup and it was very very sudden and their partner just up and walked out without any warning in fact they'd just come back from a lovely holiday and they just got up and walked out. And that for a young child, even for a teenager, is nothing more serious than a, a very, very serious bereavement because suddenly this has happened. A bit like for all of us who are more mature years, we've all lost somebody who we've, we've loved dearly and we, we, we miss the opportunity to say goodbye for some reason. That may be an accident or old age or whatever. Um, but for a child, if mummy or daddy or the, the relationship, the, the adult relationship in, that's happening in the house, if they suddenly just go... It's nothing more serious than it's as, as serious as a bereavement, isn't it? Yeah, and it feels like abandonment as well, because you wonder what have I done wrong or what's happened here? Or it's, it's a shock. It's basically a trauma. And in fact, funny enough, I'm talking on BBC Radio in a little while after we've done this about the importance of grandparents and through divorce, not seeing their children, not seeing their grandchildren. And that can be a major loss to a child because, you know, sometimes pet grandparents um, see them a little bit. You live a long way away. Of course, you might live in another country or you live up north or down south. Or, you know, um, the divorce then just splits everything in half and you don't get the opportunity to almost say goodbye or to keep a relationship going with a grandparent. And grandparents are very important during a time of change because they offer stability. The other people to remember is the teachers and the staff because you provide stability through their changes. They know what to expect when they come to school. They know how the teacher will be, what comes next, where we have our dinner. So all those really important things that stay the same help them with that 
that difficult experience but you're right you know you do need to offer children as parents just that opportunity you don't have to be a counselor or a therapist or anything just sometimes offer them to check in on them to see how they really are you don't have to rescue them but ask them a question and wait for their answers that's when and that's when the divorce journal for kids kicks in as well because it helps the conversations to explain things or work through some strong emotions because kids feel angry they feel sad they feel all sorts of very strong emotions and we must allow them to go on their journey of strong emotions too because they're trying to process what happens to them and as one little girl said to me <laughs> I remember uh, Becky Fagan I wrote the book for you actually years later um, but no one's listening to me she said Mrs Atkins so let's listen to our children as well we can't fix everything but they know we care we know we're interested. We will spend time with them, which will nurture them, nurture the bond, nurture the connection and nurture their self-esteem. The culture has changed somewhat. When I when I was little, when I was when I was young, it was very common for the grandparents to play a much more important role in a family unit. And and I remember that my mum always said to me, "Oh, your nan used to tell me to do this and do that." So you learnt from grandparents, and the grandparents were always there. And when my because my both my parents had to work in order just to to survive basically because they had to work my grandparents came into play and it was my granddad who took me to school every day for example and and it is very important and I, and I guess when there's a, a a relationship breakdown that's when grandparents can really come into to play can't they well, it depends, of course, because if you are separating from uh, your partner and it's their side of the family, that may cause difficulty. And if there is right. violence or there's great anger or it's you know not appropriate really to see that your ex very often and you've got to protect the children, then, of course, that makes it very complicated right. for the grandparents. But, you know, more and more I see grandparents stepping into that role of childcare because it's so expensive and they do a wonderful job. And the other thing is to talk with them as well about things like how much technology can they watch because grandparents love to spoil their grandkids, but you don't want them eating loads of sweets and watching yeah. loads of telly. You, you've got to find that balance. So without being kind of cross with them because they, they love the kids and they want to spoil them, have a conversation about what you kind of want them to see. You don't want them watching that programme. You don't watch <laughs> in front of the telly for two hours when they could be doing other things like playing out in the garden or building Lego or something. So, you know, those sort of conversations. Do it together because then, mm. you know, in different cultures as well, grandparents are part of the family that raise mm. the children. Mm. Everyone plays a different role and they play a wonderfully important role sometimes. So mm. lots of things to think about. Mm. But whatever you think about, don't feel guilty because every there's not one size that fits all. It fits your family, and if it works for your family and you feel okay with it, then it works, doesn't it? Absolutely, um, parents. If you if you come to Dogsthorpe Infant School, or if you're going through a relationship problem and your child go, child goes to another school, don't forget the school is there to help and support. I'm sure there's somebody at your school that you can talk to. And if you come to Dogsthorpe Infants, Mrs. Waters is always in the playground. Go and have a word with her. Let her know how things are going because we, of course, don't know. And if the child comes in and doesn't say anything and doesn't want to talk, we don't know what's going on. So keep the communication 
flowing, folks, because it's through talking together, like Sue says, talking together and, and listening to one another, can we actually work through this? Because relationships do end, sadly, and uh, our children are right in the middle of it. And it does affect their learning so, so much more, doesn't it, Sue? Yeah, it, it really can do for a period of time, don't forget. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. when they need the support. And also remember for parents' evenings, perhaps you want separate ones after you've split up. I can respect that. Not everyone comes together and plays happy families. Of course not. There's a lot of different stuff that's gone on in the family. But do make sure from the teacher's point of view, you know, because um, then, you know, um, to send out different letters, you know, for different occasions at like Christmas plays or different sports events, both parents get the information separately because you don't want to you know no. do all the things together anymore and you're right children especially if they're young don't always tell you but also the other thing is you won't always know it's their behavior might change they might get shy they might bed wet they might jump into your bed a bit more often they might come to school a bit more reluctantly and don't want to leave you get more clingy all of these things are really normal and you see it in the space of a bigger picture which is this is just for a little while the other thing to mention i don't think many people realize i've got loads of resources right loads on my website podcasts you can read it you can go to youtube YouTube and watch videos all around divorce on my playlist i've got blogs i've got you know you name it whether you like to listen to it read it or see it i've got it around divorce to support the children and you and the whole family and you know it's important that children feel heard through this process it is a phase and not many people realize it can take up to 18 months to two years to process any major life change and divorce separation and breakup is a major life change now that could be bereavement redundancy don't rush anything and don't feel bad that you know someone said to me once well you know they should be over it it's been six weeks and you think oh my goodness you know that's absolutely nothing so be patient be kind look after yourself and the children and see it in terms of yes this is a really difficult time but we will come through it and I talk about the seven stages of it you will eventually turn a corner and you will eventually rise again. So do have that bigger picture slightly at the back of your mind when you wake up at three o'clock in the morning, worried sick. Well, we're going, don't worry, listeners, we'll give you all the details of how you can get in touch with Sue. And we'll talk about something really exciting that Sue's doing at the moment online. And uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment. But let's first, let's turn now towards, it's safe for internet day today, Sue. Um, yeah. We, we've got, um, lots of children who use IT, they go on, they've got tablets, they've got phones. Um, I stood very close to Santa at Christmas and I listened as, as, as the children were going to see him and they were only about five or six and Santa was saying to them, what would you like for Christmas? And they was all saying a mobile phone. And uh, it, I, I sat there sort of cringing, thinking, oh, dear, um, because, uh, of course, mobile phones open up a, a world and not all of that world is a good world, is it? Well, that's the interesting thing. You know, there's been research to show that what does a four year old need a mobile phone for of their own? They don't. Who are they texting? They can't, you know, they can't really do it. So, you know, just because everyone else has got one doesn't mean you should. And the key thing here, I love technology. I embrace it in all its, you know, capacities. But you've got to balance it. You never ban it, but you balance it. You make sure that it's not an electric babysitter. The times I sit in restaurants and 
the baby's been given, you know, the iPad and the toddler's been given the phone. No one talks to each other. And then they wonder why we've got problems with the teenage years of isolation and addiction and depression. It's a balance. Technology is fantastic. But ask yourself this big question. Does my child really need this now? Yes, when they kind of go to secondary school, they're 11, perhaps they're getting on a bus on their own. It would be handy to have a phone then because they can say, well, you know, I'm a bit late or it's, you know, it gets dark now, doesn't it, in the winter at four-ish or 3.30. So, you know, that that's when it's sensible. But you must talk and teach your children. You don't just let them go online and, and explore because I had a, a little boy who was nine and I had taught him a few years before before I did what I do now. They came back to see me actually and found me because I know the work I do now and he had absolutely by accident clicked on something when he's doing his homework and got onto a porn site got terrified by what he saw felt enormously guilty worried and anxious because you know he didn't know what to do and to tell his parents who you know had to calm him down they can click on all sorts of things nowadays that they don't mean to and can take them down a horrible warren you know these algorithms so balance it think about it talk about it and then share good practice because it is a wonderful thing to learn all sorts of things to suddenly say oh australia where's that oh let me google that on the map oh look there it is oh look and you learn all sorts of things homework it's great for but when they're very young you know delay some of these things it's not a right it's a privilege and do they really need it and think about how you can entertain them sometimes by just talking to them looking up at cranes and airplanes and buses as you walk to school rather than be on your phone all the time and talking on facebook yeah the 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 whole issue about we could we we could be all day talking about all of the things that are out there i think that um social media is a big pressure for for children and young people i'm i'm thinking mainly of even in primary schools early secondary school years um got to have instagram got to have snapchat got to yeah. have whatsapp and you it's all about how many likes did you get and how many views did you I get know. i i think that um for us who use social media at Dogstorp Infants, we use it to communicate with our parents and yes. we we want our children to engage with us so we will we'll shoot a video but what we what we use is uh, YouTube kids and yeah. parents you you need to be aware don't get them onto if you've got children don't put them on YouTube get if you're going to show them YouTube videos enroll them into YouTube kids because that's that's a safer set because of course if you go on youtube parents um it's very easy to when you've finished one video to get either an inappropriate advert or an or an inappropriate video that they shouldn't watch so if you yeah. use youtube kids at least you know that for us at dog soap infants we always click the youtube kids button so that we know that our videos will finish up on youtube kids so that if you do want to show them a video that we've done of at, at dogsthorpe infants watch it with youtube kids because then you know it's going to be appropriate but it but social media is a big worry isn't it it can be like everything you know you've got to discern you've got to find balance in your life and you've got to find it all around social media and you're absolutely right i mean i'm across all the different platforms doing all sorts of different things but in balance and you can find yourself getting a bit addicted to something or other you know oh i'll click that and what that and oh how many likes and how many people watch that 
gosh, and I'm, you know, uh, an old fuddy-duddy, so what will it be like for a teenager who then puts all their self-esteem into, I only got three likes for that. <laughs> and there's been so many mm. studies around, you know, the pressure they're putting on themselves to be perfect because they have all these filters. So we've got to talk and teach them around these things. And I noticed today, actually, the NSPCC have got a new video out around talking about these sorts of things and giving very practical, simple advice. So I retweeted that this morning on my Twitter feeds for parents to see. Just have spend 10 minutes having a quick look at that because then you don't get all cross with them when they're doing stuff, but you do put boundaries around it. We put boundaries around our kids, don't we, for going to the park or walking to school or, you know, talking to strangers. Why do we just send them out onto social media with no rules, with no boundaries, with no explanations? Because if you don't talk and teach them about that stuff, they're going to have learned some very tough and scary and sometimes dangerous lessons because they don't understand about algorithms. And I will mention Ava Chip books. Uh, one of my authors in the Sue Atkins book club, which go and check out all of you listeners as well, because I, I select all sorts of wonderful books from different sorts of authors. Also, a lot of them are lesser known. They're not famous or anything. But for example, Beverly Clark has written some lovely books about technology for children, young children too, to read with their parents or grandparents that will have certain words in bold and an explanation and the kids are talking around what that word means. So you learn and they learn together and we keep kids safe. Well, hopefully we'll get Beverly onto the launch pad because they're the sorts of people we need to hear from. Uh, wise people like yourself, Sue. So thank you for all that you're you're doing and all, and all the ways that you help us at Dogsthorpe Infants. It's it's a big issue about IT and we need to be very, very careful and be aware and particularly on Safer Internet Day. Uh, parents, if you want to get some advice about all these things, and remember this includes games as well, online games as well, where they can play with... Uh, other uh, players in a game, it, it opens up a whole, uh, you know, yeah. bullying and all sorts of things like that. Yeah. If you're worried, go on to Dogsthorpe Infants uh, Village. It's an online village and go on to it. There's a little logo on our website. Click on that. There's all of the uh, resources on there. And I shall give you Sue's resources as well. So you're, you can, you're, you'll be all fully tooled up to be able to deal with the, the issues that we've been talking about today. Now, Sue, before you go, and I know you're a busy lady, you're just about to go on the BBC. I'm, you're going from Launchpad to the BBC. We'll, we'll never keep up with the BBC. Um, the, the, um, the, 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 before you go, you're doing something exciting on Twitter at the moment, aren't you? Yes. Um, on Tuesday evenings at 8 o'clock, I've got Parenting Hour, hashtag parenting hour or one word and then another hashtag with what the topic was now the last night's one was about diversity next week's one is about sibling rivalry the week after that is about special needs the week after that is about homelessness or cost of living crisis and things so every week i will be talking about a topic i'll put up a question or i'll put up some advice or i'll put up some resources i'll get some of my authors that have written books around that kind of topic to to join in to talk with you it, you don't actually talk you just you you know you're on your phone i'm on my phone doing it and you comment underneath that particular one and if you put 
parenting hour hashtag in to Twitter or TweetDeck, which I use, it will all, all the feed will come up. So you can go back and have another look if you want. So if you're interested in the diversity one or the sibling rivalry one or whatever one you want to have a look at, uh, you can find it on there. It doesn't store it, you know, uh, I don't put it anywhere else. It is just for my Twitter followers and for my families. But we will discuss each each Tuesday at eight all sorts of topics that will be relevant for you. We did one on divorce as well the week before. So you could find the feed and go through and read and get some tips resources and ideas to help you so do join us if you're in teachers in particular too because it's about coming together mm. teachers carers parents nannies anyone interested in looking after and raising happy confident kids love to hear from you and authors as well who've written books that would be relevant to parents or to children do get in touch with me and you might be interested in joining the sue atkins book club that's brilliant, Sue. Thank you for your time today. Listeners, uh, we'll, we'll add all of the um, links that you can just click on and find out about Sue. And we'll also uh, retweet Sue's uh, messages every time that she puts on something that she's been talking about today. We, we, we fully support Sue in all of her work. She's a, it's a wonderful. Perhaps you'll join us next month, Sue. Absolutely delighted. So send in some questions. Let me know whatever the topic is. Delighted to join you and thank you for all the hard work that you do for your kids and for your teachers and for your families. And so another great show comes to an end. Eddie and Captain Dave thank you all for listening to their show. Tune in again soon when Eddie's Launchpad will be waiting to take you and your children on another exciting learning journey to dream, believe and shine. This podcast is brought to you by Eddie Edster, the Dogsthorpe Infant School Wellbeing Dog. Part of the Hampton Academies Trust, it's the school where stars go to dream, believe and shine.